helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. I want to thank you for being with us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today's show is a continuation of last week's show, Understanding Your Dream Part 2. In last week's show, we highlighted a number of interesting facts about dreams, dreams found in the Bible, and spoke at length about the significance of dreams, what they signified, and what they what they do not signify. This week, we will continue to look at four other significance of dreams, as well as a technique for interpreting your dreams. Dreams have been a fascination of psychology. Freud saw dreams as being the result of suppressed sexual desires and became, I would say, too fixated on dreams as having sexual significance. This is where he differed from Carl Jung, who believed that dreams alert us to imbalances in our lives and teach us which aspects of our personality need attention. Jung also believed that dreams bring levels of information into our consciousness that we might not otherwise have access to. And he also believed that dreams provide us with clues about our future potential. Unlike Freud, the father father of analytical psychology, Jung, he published, uh, Jung published a systematic theory of dream analysis. What many people do not know and what secular psychology does not talk about a lot is that Jung's work was heavily influenced by the Bible. Wayne Rollins in the book Psychology and the Bible Volume 1 said, quote, It is a well-kept secret that the Bible played an extraordinary role in the personal life as well as the professional work of Carl Jung. He went on to say, No document is cited by Jung more often, and no cast of characters of any tradition is summoned to the stage of Young's discourse with greater regularity than the Abrams, the Adams, the Melchizedeks, and the Moseses, and the Peters, and the Pauls of Judeo-Christian scriptures. In fact, Young tells of one of his dreams that had a significant influence on his life. And he said that this dream followed the death of his father. What many of us also do not know, I'll talk about the dream in a little while, but let me preface the dream by saying that many of us do not know, many people do not know that Carl Jung, the father of analytical psychology, was raised by was raised in a Swiss Reformed Protestant parsonage. His father was a minister. He had six clergy on his mother's side and two clergy uncles on his father's side, as well as his father being a minister. So Carl Jung grew up 
with the influence, a very deep and profound influence of Christianity on his life. So it's no wonder that in his work he drew from the Bible as a way of illustrating uh, elements of of a person's psychological state. And he talks about Abraham, Melchizedek, Moses, and Peter, and other uh, characters of the Bible, as Wayne Rollins uh, said. So in this dream, now to the dream that Young had. Young's father had died, and he had this dream. Uh, this dream. And I'm going to be quoting here from, from this article that is found in the in the book psychology and the bible quote 6 weeks after his death my father appeared to me in a dream suddenly he stood before me and and said that he was coming back from his holiday he had made a good recovery and was now coming home I thought he would be annoyed with me for having moved into his room, but not a bit of it. Nevertheless, I felt ashamed because I had imagined he was dead. Two days later, the dream was repeated. My father had recovered and was coming home, and again I reproached myself because I had thought he was dead. Later, I kept asking myself, what does it mean that my father returns in dreams and that he seems so real? It was an unforgettable experience, and it forced me for the first time to think about life after death. So we see Carl Jung having the psychologist, preeminent psychologist Carl Jung having this dream about his father's death. And he's saying that this dream made him think about life after death. So dreams have this way of bringing truth into our life, of forcing us to deal with aspects of our reality that we might otherwise not pay attention to. So Carl Jung began to think about the afterlife after having not just one dream, but two dreams about his father. And one thing that we said last week is that when you have uh, dreams that are repetitive, when you have recurring dreams, that is your subconscious trying to tell you something. And we said that you should pay attention to those kinds of dreams. But today, let me get into the first of the, the four other significance of dreams that I want to talk about today. And the first point I want to talk about today is that dreams can be linked to suppressed thoughts. In one research that they did, in one study that was done by a psychologist, 15 good sleepers were asked to suppress an unwanted thought, an unwanted thought, five minutes prior to sleep. And what the results show is that the, this, these good sleepers who tried to suppress that thoughts that they had increased dreams about the unwanted thought and a tendency to have more distressing dreams. So what does this tell us? I think this says to us that 
if you are having thoughts that are troubling you and that you are not dealing with, that they are likely to come up in your dream. An example of a suppressed thought could be a memory of some trauma that you have been through. And if you haven't dealt with that trauma, but instead you are trying to block it out of your mind, you're trying to suppress the, the trauma what this research is telling us, this research that was published in the Journal of Sleep Research, Volume 22 in 2013, what this research is telling us is that when you try to suppress your thoughts instead of dealing with them, they will occur more and more in your dream. I remember one client that I had a, a several years ago who came to me because he had these thoughts, these unwanted thoughts that he was trying to suppress. And these were sexual thoughts that he believed to be blasphemous. And he were, he, he sought, uh, spiritual help and he was told to rebuke these thoughts and to not think about them. But the more he tried to suppress these thoughts, the more they would trouble him and the more he would have nightmares about these thoughts. So, I came up with a strategy to help this client of mine in what we did is that we reframed the thoughts that he was having to give the thought a spiritual meaning. So instead of the thoughts being something that is blasphemous and dreadful, we developed together a spiritual meaning of these thoughts where he was able to see these thoughts of having a spiritual meaning in his life in a positive way. And what was surprising Surprising is that well not surprising for me, but what, what I should say what was what what this technique proved is that once he stopped trying to fight the thought, he stopped being troubled by it, he stopped having these nightmares, he was able to come off his medication, his anxiety medication, and he was able to return to work. So I think this study is quite accurate. When it speaks about the fact that the very thoughts that you try to suppress is the very thoughts that you would have in your dreams. So we talk about possible thoughts that are being suppressed, that these thoughts could be thoughts of, uh, about a trauma. It could also be thoughts about a dispute that you're having with someone that you haven't resolved. Maybe it, it's thoughts about something that happened to you in your childhood, a sexual abuse or domestic violence that you have witnessed. If you haven't dealt with those thoughts, they are going to come up in your dream or over and over again. Another point that I would like to stress today is that dreams can be linked to a recent stimuli. In another research that was done, what they did is that they subjected these sleep participants to to stimuli, to the, the stimuli of smell, so that, for example, they would smell, they would subject them to the, the, the sweet smell of roses while they were sleeping. And what they found is that these subjects during their sleep, by, by being stimulated by the smell, by the 
sweet smell that they would have more positive dreams and that if they stimulated them to the smell of rotten eggs, for example, that they would have more negative dreams. How many of you have had dreams where you wake up and you dream that you are in pain in the dream and you wake up with your hand hurting? It could be that as you sleep, your hand was in this uncomfortable position and the pain that you wake up with is a result of what of of that stimuli of the pain senses being reflected in your dream. I know this might be good news for some people who might have interpreted that to mean that they were attacked by demons in their sleep. I hear so many people who come in with stories like these believing that demons have attacked them in their sleeps, in their sleep, and nothing could be further from the truth. This research shows that recent stimuli, recent things that have happened, play out in our dream. So the pain that you wake up with is not from demonic attack. It could just be from the position that you are sleeping in. And we also talk about uh, how sexual arousal during sleep can also manifest in dreams. This this again doesn't signify anything demonic. It's just your your the way your mind works. This research that was again published in the Journal of Sleep Research shows that we can be affected by stimuli that we are subjected to uh, before sleep or during sleep. When it comes to that point, it's important for us to note that we are to be conscious of the kinds of things that we feed into our minds before we sleep. I see so many young clients who are brought in by their parents that who are having uh, scary nightmares and it's affecting their sleep. And when I meet with these young people and I begin to to ask questions about the kind of movies that they're watching before going to bed. These movies are action movies where people are being killed, where where buildings are are being burnt, where families are kidnapped, and where bad things are happening to children. Don't be surprised if you watch those kind of movies before sleep or even during a particular week, don't be surprised if those kind of things show up in your dream. This is what the research shows. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic Understanding Your Dreams, Part 2. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com or by calling 1-877-544-3546 where you can make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Back to Michael. And then... The next point, the third point today is that dreams can be linked to mental illnesses. And let me explain in more detail what I mean 
by that. I don't mean if you're having certain kind of dreams, it means that you are mentally ill. But if you have a particular mental illness, it can affect the kinds of dreams that you have. For example, a person who suffers from generalized anxiety disorder may have themes in their dreams that reflect anxiety. So they might dream of that they are in a situation where the house is burning down or they are late, they are running late for an upcoming appointment or they are driving and they are in some dangerous uh, situation. This is as a result of the generalized anxiety disorder that they have that is coloring or shaping the types of dreams that they're having. Similarly, a person with paranoid personality disorder may have recurring dreams of being cheated on or of being spied on by their neighbors or by others or by the CIA or may have you know, other conspiracy theories playing out in their dream. It's just a manifestation of the paranoia, the paranoia that they have in actual life. Another example of how uh, a, a mental illness can play out in dream is that if you have social anxiety disorder, then your dreams may tend to reflect that that disorder as well. You might have dreams of of doing a presentation before a large crowd or even being naked in public. These kind of dreams is a way of saying that you feel exposed, you feel uncomfortable in the presence of others, and it's reflecting the, the, the illness that's already there. So if someone has these conditions and are one of these conditions, and they're having recurring dreams that fall within the, that category that fits in with the disorder that they have, there, there isn't necessarily anything deeper about these dreams. There's not necessarily any spiritual uh, implications to these dreams or any demonic attack to these dreams. It's just the disorder that's playing out in the dreams. And so uh, another example could be people who have depression. If you have depression, one of the symptoms of depression is hopelessness. So if you are depressed, it's not uncommon for you to have dreams that reflect that hopelessness. So keep that in mind as you think about understanding your dreams, that your dreams can be linked to mental illness. So, so far we have said, number one, dreams can be linked to suppressed thoughts. Two, we said that dreams can be linked to recent stimuli. And thirdly, we have said that dreams can be linked to mental illnesses. The fourth point that I want to talk about today is that dreams can be of divine origin. And so this is where a dream now has significance, now has meaning beyond the ordinary. And this is where God could be speaking to you through the dream 
that you have. And there are certain things we are going to go on to talk about interpreting your dream. But just under this point, I just want to give a few pointers about how to know if a dream is from God, If uh, how to know if you have been given direction in a dream. There are certain basic things for you to keep in mind when trying to find out if a dream is from God or not. The first important thing to keep in mind as you contemplate whether or not this dream is from God and whether or not God is giving you a specific direction is that your if a dream is from God, it is never going to tell you to do anything that contravenes or goes against what the Bible says. And so if you're having a dream and the dream is telling you, for example, that you should, uh, <laughs> this is a, a ridiculous example, but it's the first thing that comes to mind, that you should steal from your, your neighbors. Well, for sure, we know that that's not from God because God does not contradict himself. God is God has standard principle and these principles do not change over time he is unchangeable God does not change so your dream if it is from God is never going to lead you to do something that is outside of his will the second thing i would like to say about divine dream if you are having a dream and it is from God your dream will withstand the test of godly wisdom and what i mean by this is that you have you if you have a dream and you feel that god is leading you into something discuss it with the mentors in your life discuss it with the people under whom authority you fall because god will use these people to help you to determine whether or not this is a dream that is is giving you direction or not. For, so we see that Pharaoh, for example, when he had this dream of the seven skinny cow and the seven fat cows, he did not try to interpret that dream by himself. He chose a spiritual mentor to figure out what the dream meant because Pharaoh realized that this was outside of his expertise. He realized that he had he did not have this capacity to interpret the dream. And so he turned to the man of God, Joseph, who interpreted his dream and gave his dream meaning. And we see that David's interpretation of the dream was bang on and that as a result of that interpretation uh, Egypt was spared uh, spared suffering during the famine. They had abundance when the nation around them lacked because this dream was a warning that they should store up grain because the lean years represented by the, the skinny cows was coming. And so keep that in mind as you think about understanding and interpreting your dream. It's important to know the scriptures first of all, but it's also important 
to seek the wisdom of people around you. I have seen where so many people have wrecked their lives because they haphazardly believe that the dream is from God and they make life-changing decisions based on this dream. And if they had just sought a bit of biblical counseling or a bit of godly advice, they would have spared themselves a lot of heartache. And so the, the next point that I want to go on to is to look at a strategy for interpreting dreams, a general strategy for interpreting dreams in general. And this is from from Louis Savary, and he has developed a complex approach to dream interpretation from a Judeo-Christian perspective. And he has come up with, with uh, the letters TTAQ, for dream interpretation. And and what, what Louis Savre said is that if you have a dream, the first T is for you to give the dream a title. What title would you give to that dream that you have? So that's the first T. Give your dream a title. The second thing that, that uh, Savre said is that after the title, think about the the theme of your dream. So if we go back to that dream that Carl Jung had, you will see that this theme of the dream, if you were to think about the two dreams that he said that he had of his deceased father, it the, the theme of the dream seemed to be life after death. His father in both dreams is saying he's alive and he's coming home. And Carl Jung rightfully said that this dream opened his eyes, uh, opened his heart to think more seriously about life after death after he had these two dreams. So think about the title of the dream. Think about the theme of the dream. And then the A in the acronym is that you are to think about the affect that you had when you had this dream. How did the dream make you feel? And what are the thoughts that you have around the dream? Did the dream make you happy? Did the dream make you sad? Did the dream make you uh, contemplate certain aspects of your life? What is it? What are the thoughts that are coming up in this dream. It's important to to think about the affect because the affect can give you some kind of direction as to what to do about the dream. We have uh, in the book of Daniel where, I don't remember the name of the king, but someone, one of the king had a dream and the Bible tells us that he was troubled as a result of the dream. And as a result of that, he sent for, I think it was King Nebuchadnezzar, he sent for interpreters to interpret the dream that he had. So does your dream make you troubled? Does it make you happy? Does it make you sad? Because that is an interpretation, a way of interpreting the dream as well. And then the cue in the dream, he said, finally, to interpret your dream, you need to explore the question that the dream is trying to help you become aware of. So in Carl Jung's case, the dream that we talked about earlier in the show, the dream was seeking to answer the question, 
is there life after death? So I see that we have quickly come to the end of today's show. If you have any question on this show, please give us a call at one 877 We also want to let you know that if you missed the first part of this show, you can listen to it in its, in, in its entirety by going to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or we want also, and I should say, and we also want to let you know that we have over 200 other podcasts like this one for your listening pleasure and that you, that you can access through our our YouTube page. So if you just type in Elim Counseling Services in YouTube, you will see our our YouTube page. And so Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's. And so we want to thank you so much for being with us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. If you haven't uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel as yet, please do so, so you can be notified when new podcasts are, have been posted. And we also want to encourage you to make a donation to this ministry. Donation help us to continue to provide biblical podcasts like this one and to help those who are in need. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counting Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Thank you.